welcome to TikTok, the podcast where we deep dive into viral artists on TikTok to learn more about them and hear more of their music. I'm your host, Roxy Cowan, and today's guest is someone who got me through online French 101 and who is a complete nerd when it comes to classic literature. It's the one and only Noah Godrich. Hello, how are Hello. you? Hello, I'm well, midterm season. Yes, uh, online midterms is something I never thought I would have to be prepared for, and I'm not. No. So... This week's gonna be fun, but we're halfway through. We are. We're like mid mid terms week. Yeah. So we're getting through. And I'm someone, I have all my classes early in the week, so I'm like almost done, which is pretty hot. Yeah, you said you're done by Thursday? Pretty That's much. Super nice. So for today's episode, I am so excited because this sort of dawned on me like earlier in the week mm-hmm. that I was like, wait, I've been wanting to talk about this song for a while and I nobody's been picking up on it. Why don't I just reach out to Noah, who I constantly see on Spotify listening to this artist? <laughs> I have to admit, I think you're a little bit more well-versed in uh, the Mitski verse than I That's am. Fair. There are some songs of hers that I can't get behind quite very well, mm-hmm. but I also have been listening to her songs for like a week straight, mm-hmm. just sort of nonstop, which is also what I did over the summer. I mean, I'm someone who grew up very hardcore Lana Del Rey girl. Oh, yeah. I see. Like, I grew up, I was 11, and I was like, mmm, cocaine with Lana Del Rey, sugar daddy. <laughs> and I think Mitski was the, just the right evolution after that. Well, because also, were you like a Tumblr kid? Very much. Because Lana Del Rey, okay, because that makes sense. Because Lana Del Rey was really, really just part of the tumblr zeitgeist Uh and i feel like i have not been on tumblr in probably about four years Mm. but i'm sure mitski is like still popping off on oh i'm sure she is i mean i like go on once in a while just for the nostalgia and i always see like text posts of like mlm relationship mitski lyric mlm relationship yeah oh my gosh that's tumblr (laughs) well it's funny i think that something that's really interesting about mitski is that not necessarily that she has a cult following Mm -hmm. but i think that she has a very like she's weirdly famous without being mainstream and i'm not at all saying that it's bad if she's Mm -hmm. mainstream but i've said this for a while about ajr that Mm -hmm. they were like really well known throughout internet culture for a really long time and then one of their songs went viral on tiktok and then now they're on the radio. Yeah. And I'm like, it's weird that they weren't necessarily there before. And I think it's the same thing about Mitski, that if you mention Mitski to anybody, they're kind of going to know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they listen to her, they've at least heard of her. But I've never heard her on the radio. Yeah, for or sure. she's kind of been like weirdly snubbed at Grammys. Like she, I was super surprised to see she had never been nominated nope. for one or for, you know, any major award. Yeah. Um, which is weird because she's so crazy talented, and we'll talk about this. But yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's like a weird level of fame. Yeah, I think it's also because, weirdly enough, very much like Phoebe Bridgers or like your Hosiers mm-hmm. or any of those kinds of artists, they're very popular amongst LGBTQ plus communities, despite yes. not even necessarily being. I mean, I think Phoebe Bridgers is queer. Uh, Mitski <laughs> hasn't even fully like addressed her sexuality. It just in an interview once no. she went like, "My sexuality is Libra's." And we were like, yeah. period. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that's another reason why it, it's like this weird level of fame, but not necessarily the mainstream is because it is this like outside community that is the LGBTQ plus community that just like really relates to her music. And I think that's probably why. 
And that is interesting that you bring that up because I think that that's very much like a community that thrives much more on the internet. Like, yeah. I think going back to Tumblr, that was a lot of people's safe spaces in like the early 2000s, early 2010s, where they were able to not only educate themselves, but also express themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very glad you brought up the Libra thing, because I know that you're super into astrology. And when I was reading some articles today, I was like, I am going to get Noah to just talk uh. about astrology for a minute, because hearing that Mitski is very much into astrology, it just makes sense. Yeah. That- did you watch, this like, the genius happened. interview for nobody? And she was like, every time I meet a man, I'm like, I need... What's your time of birth? Like, where were you born? <laughs> she whips out the birth that, chart. And, yeah, and another article was talking about how, like, she is very private. And I think this will continue to come mm-hmm. up, but she's very private about her private life. And so when people interview her, she kind of expresses herself through astrology mm-hmm. and through talking about her views on astrology. And I was like, that is so fascinating. Like, that's such an interesting way. She seems like such an interesting person. She's very, she Um, has very much like that, like mystique that I feel like not a lot of artists have anymore because artists now do so much about like vulnerability. Everyone needs to know everything. We're in the age of social media. Fans love vulnerability. But like she deleted her Twitter. She doesn't really have any social media. She very much has that mystique that's a lot, really rare nowadays, I think with artists. Especially promoting yourself mm-hmm. of like, hey, I have a new album coming out, blah, blah, blah. I was super surprised to see she didn't even have like a company run Instagram. No, like she had nothing. nothing. Um, which I was sort of like, okay, well now what do I, I can't tag you. Like what do I send <laughs> people to for information? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to introduce today's song, this actually works with what we were just talking about because our trend song for today is Strawberry Blonde, which is very different, I think, from a lot of Mitski's other stuff, mm-hmm. and blew up on gay TikTok. Yes. Like, not even to high, like, it just, it was everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is very interesting. But why don't we give it a listen, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. I love everybody because I love you When you stood up, walked away barefoot And the grass where you lay left a bed in your shape I looked over it and I I love everybody because I love you I don't need the city and I don't need the truth All I need, darling, is a life in your shape I picture it soft and I ache Look at you, strawberry blonde Reach out the car window, trying to hold the wind Tell me you love her, I give you a grin Oh, all I ever wanted was a life in your shape So I follow the white lines, follow the white lines Keep my eyes on the road as I ache Look at you, strawberry blonde Fields rolling on, I love it when you call my name Can you hear the bumblebees swarm? Watching your arm, I love it when you look my way Look at you, strawberry blonde Fields rolling on, I love it when you call just listening to that song like pulls me back into 
early quarantine, and I mentioned this yeah. on um, the Be a Doobie episode, that, like, this just sounds like whipped coffee and listening to um, the Oh Hello song that I'm now for, um, what's the soldier? Oh, I don't know. I'm completely forgetting this song, but just, like, seeing people in quarantine almost thriving a little bit of, like, living a cottage core yeah. lifestyle. Like, it's so hard to separate this from cottage core just like, like a visceral like feeling of that yeah it almost sounds like it's out of a disney movie which i never yeah. realized until just listening to it but it sounds like it's from tangled or something it's just yeah. so fanciful but it's a really interesting song yeah and it's so weird that it has all of those associations just because like i feel like this happens with a lot of mitski songs is like we listen to like the music of it all but then when you listen to the lyrics it's like so sad yeah because that's something that I think is one of the my favorite things about Mitski is that like she isn't writing for like the like every single person like for once in pop culture the protagonist isn't like the white skinny cis blonde woman it's the person who's never enough for who they want to be with and it's just so much about that and I think that when it blew up on TikTok, that's what people didn't really get about it. Mm-hmm. And then also the song getting like twisted and all these other things of like, do you really like strawberry cow? <laughs> I was gonna bring that up that for a while I couldn't listen to the song because if you opened up TikTok, so many people are covering this, which is great. It's a cool yeah. like way to express yourself. But if I heard strawberry cow, strawberry shark, strawberry cat, strawberry like e- strawberry frog, everybody no. was doing, and they were you know attaching them to these very very cute illustrations that people were doing but it just got to be a little bit too much and my roommate actually just brought sorry just bought strawberry crocs which they're super cute (laughs) but whenever i see them my head just fills in look at you strawberry crocs right (laughs) and i never asked for this never (laughs) i never wanted this to happen tiktok oh tiktok and because what it reminds me a lot of is this idea on tiktok like tiktok of songs that have like deeper meanings, but people mm-hmm. not really paying attention to them, and then those things gonna kind of misconstrued. It's happened with other Mitski songs, but the thing it reminds me most of is when Oblivion by Grimes blew up on TikTok, if you remember that. Oh, and people would yeah. use it for like get ready with me and like go on a walk with me, and it's about Grimes's sexual assault. Yes. And I think that that happens a lot with this song with other Mitski songs, and not that it's a beautiful song and do whatever you want with it and like sick. But at the same time, it's like they do have these meanings to certain people and to the artists themselves that like when it gets misconstrued, it's a little sad. And I think that something that goes along with that is that the sound bit that was used the most on TikTok was the chorus. Mm -hmm. So it was very much taken out of context where you didn't get the longing that she's having for this other person. It is the more fanciful Disney-esque, like running in a field Mm -hmm. part of it that they were using. Um... Which I have to admit, this is kind of the song that more or less introduced me to more of Mitski. For sure. um, and I'll get into that later. But um, Which is another interesting point that I kind of said earlier is that this sounds like nothing she really does. No. Like, it, it's so different mm-hmm. from the stuff that she produces. Yeah, it's... Because, like, when you look at Mitski on Spotify and you go to, like, playlists, the first, like, four or five playlists, I guarantee you, are called, like, rating Mitski songs in order of sadness... Yeah. Like, there's. That, yeah. <laughs> there are maybe two songs that I would consider, like, genuinely happy Mitski songs. 
and they're mm. not even necessarily about being happy but it's more about like townie for example if you yes. want to listen to that another time it's like is about just like owning your body and your sexuality and your life but even then is like it's still about like breaking out of a mold and it's like i think that's so interesting that she played with this very romantic music style with such, such a sad song lyrically mm-hmm. she's so smart when it comes mm. to just every part of her music production and i also wanted to highlight that this because this is the only song we have from this album Mm -hmm. this is from the album retired from sad comma new career in business uh i just think it's such a great almost fallout boy (laughs) the drama yeah for listeners like fallout boy is very much well known for just really long song titles for no reason even panic at the disco did this um but also, like, cancel for Um uh, Yeah. She has another song called A Horse Named Cold Air. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't know what this means, Miss Key. Like, yeah. I'm not smart enough. I mean, even on Retired from Sad New Career in Business, long song title, Because Dreaming Costs Money, My Dear. Like, all of these, like, weird, very niche song titles. But that's honestly yes. part of what's so attractive about her music is, like, yeah. I'm done listening to songs that are called, like, You're My Butterfly. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, no, I want to listen to Crack Baby by Mitski. <laughs> she said, I'm going to name a song Crack Baby. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And y'all are going to love it. The girls it. are going to love it. And yeah. And they yeah, did. Exactly. And they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there's another one called Washing Machine Heart that I think is very interesting. Because uh, I, I think it's, and maybe this is why you, and, and I'm assuming here, but mm-hmm. I think like I said at the top, you're very into literature and yeah. um, analyzing. Because you're, you're an English minor, right? I am. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like maybe that's why you're so pulled to it, because it just lends itself to so much yeah. um, contextualization and, you know, subtext reading. I mean, I've always been, since, like, early high school, I got very, very into poetry. And one of my really good friends, Drew, is also, like, a really big fan of Mitski. And we always say that Mitski is a poet first. She writes For poetry. Sure. Like, a lot of her songs, I can't remember which off the top of my head right now, like, do not have a rhyme scheme. They are fully free mm-hmm. verse. And so as someone who is like super into poetry, and if you just sit there and just read her lyrics, some of them punch me in the gut. Like you listen to the song, you're like, ugh, banger, such a good song. And then she turns around and hits you with a lyric, like in Brand New City, there's a lyric, if I gave up on trying to be pretty, I wouldn't know how to be alive. Come on now. <laughs> so I think her music is poetry first, and then just with amazing music around it and her amazing voice. For sure. You actually really well like transitioned into the next song because when I I mean I I had listened to this song before but I I don't think I ever really sat with the lyrics of last words of a shooting star Mm -hmm. until you sent it to me and said like this is what I want to talk about and it's just such a haunting song like the the chord progression is as well but listening to the lyrics and listening to it over and over again you're like this is just so sad yeah oh my god God, especially, and I'll talk about this after, but as somebody who is afraid of plane crashes. Yep. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Thank you. Um, yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about why you chose this song? For and sure. what draws you to it? Um, so Last Words of a Shooting Star is, like I said, there's a lot of playlists of like ranking Mitzi sad songs. In my opinion, her saddest. And again, I think that's completely everyone's own gag like whatever they think whatever they relate to the most i've heard a lot of people say class of 2013 is the saddest because it's about her mother and Mm -hmm. issues there 
for me, mm-hmm. I think Last Words of a Shooting Star lyrically is beautiful. The lyrics stay with me. I'll be laying in bed at night. They just come to my brain. And I think more than anything else, it's just about complete isolation and having to put on a mask or having to like not think about certain things just to get through. And I think that it's one of the only songs that's articulated that in a way that I think that is very poignant and understandable. So I think that's why. It's also my favorite Mitski song of all time. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to listening to this, and I'm actually going to pull up the lyrics to kind of get a little bit more out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's give it a listen, and then we'll come back and talk about this really haunting song. Hell Yeah. <laughs> it's just so creepy like every time i listen to it i get more out of it and i'm glad i pulled up the lyrics because you just get so like you could sit for hours and just look at this song yeah i think especially in this song mitski was like i'm gonna speak in metaphors (laughs) yeah i think that's what's so magical about it and again relating it back to poetry so much of it of it is about your own interpretation and taking what you Mm. get from it and that's what it is like if that's what it means to you then that's what it is and it's the same thing i think with poetry which is why i love it 
that's oh, and I talked about this a little bit on the last episode but that's just such a nice kind of anti-gatekeeping way of putting it of mm-hmm. like there's not one way to view this song and I feel like that's most likely what Mitski intended because she talks a lot about how like her songs are just sort of an expression of herself and whatever you're going to take from it that can be like your connection to the song mm-hmm. yeah which is very sweet it's very sweet yeah, I there's just, so much going on in this song. There's so much going on in this like, song. <laughs> it feels weirdly disjointed. Mm-hmm. She starts talking about turbulence and being in a like a shaking plane. Yeah, and then she starts talking about her room, and then and then we're with a lover. Yeah, and then the Liberty Bell. Like, only a few days ago did I catch that she was talking about that, and I like rewound it and i was like did she actually yeah just bring in the liberty bell <laughs> and then she goes back to the plane and i'm like mm-hmm. this is like i love every minute yeah. of it, but this is so weird like i think and that goes back to the metaphors that if right. you take it literally it's confusing but if you go to the metaphors you get so much out of it right and i think that again like you said it's such a haunting song and like even though all of these things mm. are so different they all paint the same picture mm. which i think is what brings the song together so well it's like the um, like the emotions of like sitting in your room at night just like staring at your ceiling it's completely tidy but the turbulence of it all like in your mind like mm-hmm. it's like being so stuck in a certain emotion that's so intense that you're frozen in it mm, interesting and i just think also at the end of like or in the beginning they'll think of me kindly when they come for my things again of like having to perform this certain way despite feeling another certain way that is not how you're performing well i think that even kind of touches on not to get super dark here but Mm -hmm. the aspect of like after somebody has gone you kind of reflect on all the good things about them Mm -hmm. like the oh but they were so kind and they were always so nice to me and um that's it's very sad of like they'll never know how much i struggled Mm -hmm. but they'll think of me like happily and kindly right when i've left and oh so sad yeah and the second verse i think is something that she touches on like a couple of her songs of like having a partner almost use you as a therapist Mm. like that's what that is for me like and she talks about it in i can't think of it right now but she talks about it in one or two other songs washing machine heart of like having a partner it's like you love them so much but like i know he would look in my eyes, and I know through mine you were looking in yours. Of, like, loving them so much that you can't let go, but knowing that they are using you in a certain aspect. Mm-hmm. And it's just so upsetting. <laughs> I love the line in that same stanza. If, I mean, we might as well just refer to it as poetry. Period. Um, or, like, in poetic terms. Yeah. But you learned from movies how love ought to be. I was like, this is a feminist song. Like, suddenly this just got... Not that her songs weren't before, mm-hmm. but I think that... She always surprises me where I'm like, wait, that's a really interesting idea that goes into a lot of feminist theory. And like as a women's studies minor, (laughs) that is fascinating to me. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of her music is just so unlike anything else I've ever heard in the sense that Mm. every single one of her songs that I've listened to is every time I listen to it, I hear something new. I learn something new. I understand about myself something new. Because I think that with music... Sometimes it's not about the music, but the way you react to the music that makes it so amazing. Mm. Interesting. And with, like, all of her music, it's... You learn something new from a lyric or 
a certain like tinge in the music that like you didn't mm. before. So I also wanted to mention that this song is from my favorite title of an album ever, <laughs> which is Bury Me at Makeout Creek. And yes, the next song is actually from that as well. And every time it comes up on my car, like when I'm driving, because the album will come up, mm-hmm. I always just say Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Like it's yeah. just all so fun to say, but it's also just so creative. Because it implies, like, history with somebody at the creek that, like, you called it that or it's known as that throughout a community. And then, yeah. you know, your own personal connection to it. I think it's super, super cool. Her album uh, and it just sick. They're so, so good. Um, so the next song is probably my favorite Mitski song and quite possibly my favorite song ever, or at least in my top five. Um I could listen to it on repeat for days and it's called first love slash late spring um it's our longest song for today so let's give it a listen and i'm super excited to listen to it again oh yeah No. 
that song is so good. This was actually the first Mitski song I heard because a friend of really? mine posted on her story uh, the song probably about just over a year ago, and I mm -hmm. lost my mind. I was like, "This is this is incredible. This is such a good song." It's insane. There was actually a quote that I found on NPR. NPR spoke very, very highly of Mitski, and they actually called her the 21st century's poet laureate of young adulthood. Um, but they say, although she filters a broad range of emotions through her introspective melancholy lens, Mitski is at her most exhilarating on tracks that, like Townie, seem to drag the listener along with her to some dangerous precipice, a rickety roller coaster car teetering atop an incline in that endless moment before it plunges to death or delight. First of all, that mm -hmm. is so beautifully written. Yeah. But second of all, I think that very much encapsulates how this song feels like it, it just feels very exhilarating and overwhelming and yeah. I was very thankful to that quote because I was like this is what I've been trying to put into it's words exactly what it is yeah but I think also this is sort of one of her songs that aligns most clearly with classic pop music structure mm-hmm because a lot of her other songs, she takes more creative freedom with structure and sound. Yeah. And they're super short or they're really long. And this one kind of is more clean cut. But I figure because we're about halfway through the episode, I would do a little bit of background on Mitski. Um, so she actually wrote her first song at 18 and she released her first album, which I believe was Lush, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was released when she was 22. She's super young. She's only 30. Um, but she is quite honestly, like, wise beyond her years. Um, she's Japanese-American, and she traveled a lot when she was younger because of her dad's work, which I think lends a lot to her music, that she not only always felt like an outsider, but I think she probably learned quite a bit about the music where she was, which I'm sure influenced how she viewed her own music of right. writing like the outsider, or writing as the outsider, but also incorporating different styles of music into her own music. Um, For sure. But no, she's she's absolutely fascinating. So what kind of drew you... You've talked about this a bit before, but mm -hmm. what drew you to Mitski and keeps you involved in her music? So I first found out about Mitski completely randomly. I went to a concert called the Ally Coalition in 2018. It's a... Mm. If, if you, know, you know Bleachers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Bleachers holds this concert annually, usually in December huh. or early January. And it's a completely like charity concert. And all the money goes to, I think, at-risk LGBT youth. Huh. And he just invites, like, all of his friends because he's Jack Antonoff and he knows everyone. Yeah, And they course. just do, they each, like, three or four song sets, all acoustic, fairy oh, lights in cool. New York. And I went on a whim because Lana Del Rey was performing. This was right before she dropped Norman F. and Rockwell. Killer album. So good. Such oh, a good so album. Good. <laughs> so good. And so I was like, oh, Lana's going to be there. I've never seen her perform live. She's been my favorite since I was 11. I'm going to go. <laughs> And Mitski just happened to be performing. Interesting. And I was like, who is, who is this lady? And who, why, why is she not my playlist? Ever since then, I would just like listen to her music all the time. She was my top listen to Spotify artist last year. I was in the top 0.05% of Mitski listeners. And I think just, especially through quarantine, I was like really at my lowest. You know, I was inside. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was especially lonely. I was sapphic and depressed. <laughs> And so I said, Mitski's going to get me through it, baby. And she did. 
And yeah, it's just like, she also has so much music out at this point. She's four whole albums. She did a song for The Turning, you know, that random yeah. movie, The Turning. She did a killer song for it called Cop Car. Yes, Banger. really good. Banger. Really good. I'm surprised so, she doesn't do more music stuff, or more music stuff. Oh my God. Well, I'm surprised she doesn't do more movie stuff. Yeah, same. I mean, she would be great on soundtracks, but I know she's doing the soundtrack for, I think like a comic book or something. That's so cool. And, but the weird thing about it is the company was like, we're only releasing it on cons- on cassette and vinyl. No MP3. Which is like, gatekeepy weirdness. That's a little But I'm sure someone's going to pirate it. It's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's doing that, I know, at some point this year. Hmm. Um, but yeah, she just keeps me in because she... It's, all of her music is so different. You go from like, My Body's Made of Crushed Little Stars, which is like screaming about not belonging anywhere and breaking a, a guitar probably to like her like soft like buttery like mm. songs or more poppy songs even that are on be the cowboy like nobody yeah. um and which also blew up on tiktok yes and um lonesome love is very just like more poppy mm. so it's such a wide range of music such a wide range of topics the range that's what gets me in the range of the range of mitski i mean you're completely right that she just has so much stuff out and i feel like because so much of it sounds so different from each other. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're listening to new music all the time. I mean, yeah. and this is sort of just speaking for myself because I haven't really taken the time to dive into her stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, whenever I just kind of turn her music on, I'm like, I feel like I've never heard this, but I definitely recognize the lyrics, but it feels so new and fresh. And mm-hmm. she's just so cool. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have to say. She's so cool. Uh, so the next song is one that you brought in. Um, mm-hmm. would you like to talk a little bit about why you brought this song? Sure. So I had a lot of ideas. I knew I had to bring in Last Words of a Shooting Star because underappreciated, amazing song by her. But for my second song, I was like between a lot of different ones, but I decided it had to be Your Best American Girl. Just because also we're bringing it back to like TikTok. This mm-hmm. has been used like a bit on TikTok. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. And I think that there's so much being said here, especially for like, like BIPOC and just like anyone again who is not like the straight cis white person who or anyone who doesn't feel like they live up to that idealized western like standard of beauty they find themselves in this song and like I'll talk more about like what I think it is objectively about after you listen to it but I just think that almost anyone can get something out of this and it's so mm-hmm. beautiful and heartbreaking and also just bangs despite being so heartbreaking it bangs. yeah no, so, for sure. Best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hannah Montana. Uh, um, yes. So let's give it a listen. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sun, 
I feel like I just have so much to say already about that song. I also want to mention yeah. before getting too deep into the song that mm-hmm. this song is from an album called Puberty 2, which I think is so smart. Like it hit me a few days ago just yeah. how smart of a name that is that you're sort of growing again and like changing in this really drastic way again. Yeah. Relearning. Yeah. It's just so smart. Yeah, she is amazing. Uh, there's so much in this song. It's just like, I mean, speaking about just like uh, the facts of it is, you know, Mitsuki is like uh, half and like half Japanese and I think her dad's American, so half American mm-hmm. white. And I think she said before that she is, she feels that she's half American, half Japanese, not fully either. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so much of what this song is of like, do I need to give up any part of my identity? I feel like I need to to be with this person who is white. And just the the lyrics in the song that I think hit the hardest are, you're the sun, you've never seen the night, but you hear a song from the morning birds. Well, I'm not the moon, I'm not even a star. It's like just the feeling of being so below someone you've idealized to such a degree. Mm-hmm. I think... One of my favorite lines out of this piece is, your mother wouldn't approve of how my mother raised me, but I do. I think I do. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of aligns with the idea that the album is called Puberty 2, of like you're slowly starting to understand everything that's happened before you. And it's, it's such a like acceptance of, I don't want to say necessarily an acceptance of culture, but Mm -hmm. I feel like in a way it is of like an acceptance of, these two different worlds that you're you've been juggling your whole life one that you've sort of been taught to idealize and one that's like not as american quote unquote Mm -hmm. um as the other and i it's it's a very heartbreaking but also very sweet line at the same time a lot of mitsuki is just bittersweet just very much so (laughs) that's a it's a good overarching word yes yeah that's a perfect way of explaining it yeah um Going back to the NPR article, mm-hmm. they talked about how... Or here, I'll just read the quote. Um, yeah. Still, to frame her as a strictly millennial phenomenon is to ignore both the specificity and the universality of her work. She is singing about being a young, female, Japanese-American rock musician from everywhere and nowhere. She is singing about being a flawed person in a disappointing world. And I think that kind of touches on what you were saying, of that anybody listening to the song can very much find something in themselves in the song Mm -hmm. yeah i just it's so universal and it's just so heart-wrenching yes and especially like you said the lyric before uh but i do i think i do switches in the second chorus to but i do i finally do yes and it's just like oh things like that just make my brain tingle it's so Mm -hmm. good it scratches it scratches it and i don't know if you've seen the music video but the music video is also yeah wild an insane music video it's amazing all of her music videos are amazing um the one for um a pearl is beautiful yes just stunning animation and also the one for um washing machine heart absolutely makes me insane oh i'll watch it she's just so interesting i know i keep saying that but just like reading more articles and slowly peeling back the layers on her especially when she is so private about herself Mm -hmm. she like expresses so much 
through her music so much angst and, and frustration and just emotion that it very much feels like you're sitting and having like a deep talk over coffee with yeah. her. Yeah. Without getting into specifics, I think. No, for sure. Like, I, I've seen, like, people criticize her music for, like, being too much of, like, a journal entry. She's just, like, putting things down. I'm like, but isn't that what we want from an artist? Also, we want specificity from themselves. And that specificity is, like, you know, if she were a man making the same kind of music, no one would be saying that. Mm-hmm. Drake, the, the, it's like when I compare how people, you know, treat Taylor Swift versus Drake and talking about their exes. It's like, Taylor Swift has been criticized and people have been horrible about her about it to her for years and years and years no one ever says anything to, to drake about him constantly like talking about his exes and what they did to him and how they traumatized him and i think the yeah. same stands for mitski versus like other like indie singers like um rex orange rex orange mm-hmm. County, is that his name he kind of yeah. does something similar mm-hmm. you know it's very journal entry it's very personal but yeah. no one criticizes him for that yeah that's a good point there's another quote that I wrote down from the same NPR article um, that where she said, I want to make sure that I communicate to the best of my ability what it's like for me to be and feel alive. That is the reason I live. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> but I think that also touches on what you were just saying of like, sure, it's a journal entry, but it's it's the way that she's able to express her emotions to anybody who will listen and not in a self-serving way but just in like a I have things to say and I need to get them out and so like here's my guitar and like this is what I'm gonna do yeah for sure I'm sure a lot of people who have heard her stuff on TikTok expecting to go in hearing one thing like the strawberry blonde and then realizing that that's not entirely what she is have been met with unhappy or a happy surprise depending on how you look at it of really listening to her lyrics and finding something that they didn't necessarily expect in her Mm -hmm. for lack of better wording um but no I, i think i hadn't really realized until you pointed it out how sad of a song strawberry blonde is of like this longing of wanting to be with somebody but hearing them talk about somebody else um yeah and even especially with that song i think is another example of like her experience specifically as a person of color, as a, as a mm. Japanese woman, strawberry blonde, white Oh my boy. god, I never picked up on that. Yeah, and about, you know, <laughs> oh I <my> think... God. <laughs> so I think strawberry blonde is like, I, as a person of color, Asian, like, Japanese woman, like, I want to be mm-hmm. with this white boy, but I can't be with this white boy because mm-hmm. he is this white boy. And then that ties into your best American girl. You're yeah. an American guy. You're a white boy. I was not fully raised like you. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of that is why I think a lot of, you know, people of color especially cling to Mitski because mm. she she is that voice of like, I can't be with this, you know, probably white person yeah. because of just the way we are and the way he is and the way I am. And I think that's so special. I'm so embarrassed I didn't pick up on that strawberry <laughs> blonde thing. You're completely fine. It, Man. All of her music takes a second. And when I say second, <laughs> I mean more than a second. <laughs> Yes, I, speaking of um, me and my husband, I didn't actually pick up on that it is really about this, like, really toxic relationship Mm -hmm. um, of performative love. Housewifery. Yeah, quite honestly, I wish I could just keep talking about Mitski, like, why just do a summer thing where I'm like, this is not about TikTok, we're just gonna talk about It's the summer of Mitski. It's just, 
It's the summer of Mitski. Oh, um, I'd love to see it. And every episode is like a 30-minute episode on one of her songs. I one song. <laughs> so busy. I would have so much content. A deep dive. But I would love every second of it. Um, so I was actually going to say earlier, like, oh, we're going to end this episode on more of a happier note. But now that you say that, like, a lot of her songs are happy on the surface and sad once you kind of get into it, I'm yes. really starting to second guess myself. Oh, I know the song you've picked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I looked at the lyrics and I was like, oh, this is not happy. <laughs> oh, shoot. It sounds happy. I have to admit, this is another one of my favorite songs. And this was such a hard song to pick. It was either between this or A Burning Hill, oh. which is just such a like weirdly comforting and simple song. The song is called Fireworks. It's... A very, it's a banger. Just, yeah, it's a great song. Um, so now I'm going to embarrass myself by reading the lyrics while we're listening to it. And I'm just going to slowly realize how sad it is. Um, so yeah, let's give this sad but not sad song, but happy song, but not happy song. <laughs> yes. actually thinking about this quote from a pitchfork article Mm -hmm. that i was reading where they said it made being bummed sound fun 
And I think that's where I got tripped up on this song where I'm like, oh, it's fireworks on a warm summer night. But (laughs) my goldfish brain didn't remember that the last like 15 lyrics of this song is the word cry over and over (laughs) and over again. Um, So yeah, not a happy one, but still a banger. Oh, fully a banger. Yes. Uh, One of the, the lines that has been sticking with me this past week where I've just been on like a Mitski binge mm-hmm. um is I will go jogging routinely calmly and rhythmically run and when I find that a knife sticking out of my side I'll pull it out without questioning why first of all rhymes beautifully and I love mm-hmm. the the cadence of it second of all I think it's such a smart play on words of like the stitch that you get when you're running if mm. you're out of shape like I am um <laughs> like all of us are right now girl that's except for my roommate it's just she goes running all the time and i'm like ali i i adore not you not good for the self-esteem <laughs> and I, um but i i just think it's so smart that it works with like un- getting stabbed in the back but also the stitch that you get in your side when you're running and it mm. is this very interesting play on words that also could be completely going over my head or i might be misinterpreting but whenever i'm again listening to if this you song, think it is that it is that that's baby. true that's true um, but whenever I'm listening to this song in the car, when I'm doing homework, whatever, I always sit back after hearing that lyric and just sort of think about it. Like, it really just sticks with you, which I think is something really special about Mitski, is that there's just a few stanzas that I think stick with every person um, mm-hmm. and kind of give them something to ruminate on. No, 100%. Because, like, again, like what I think is so special about her music is that, like, some people think about it one way and another mm-hmm. person thinks about it in an entirely different way. They're both right. Yeah. Like for me this song is a is about like intense depression. Interesting. But I could see how for other people it'd be like outburst of emotion and just like being free to release that and I think it's so so interesting. She's just so fascinating. Like I wish I I had a better word to describe her. Um but just because this out al- this song is also off of Puberty 2. Mm-hmm. Um and something that I haven't really done in the past, but I think I've been starting to do a little bit more, is viewing songs in relation to the album title and viewing songs on yeah. an album in relation to each other. Because I always think there's so much to talk about that I just completely miss because I'm like listening to the song and I'm like, woohoo, next, on to the next one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really considering doing the summer of Mitski. Ugh, I mean, things might not be open yet, so like, might just stay inside. <laughs> oh, might just stay talk inside. about Mitski. Who's gonna stop us? No, maybe my parents. But my parents aren't. They're in London right now, so they can't do anything. They do listen to this podcast though, so they will be hearing about me talking yes. about this. Um, hi, mom and dad. Shout out. Hi, mom um, and dad. I want to bring them on the podcast and have them talk about a song and then be like, "What's TikTok?" Because they're oh. very well versed in like internet culture. Because I'll be like, "There's this meme," and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Okay, so intricacies of meme <laughs> culture." Um, oh, but I, I also just think it would be a very fun um, episode. That is the end of our show. Is there anything that you would like to plug or talk um, about or uh, yeah, promote? Sure. Um, yeah. So my Instagram is at Noah Godrich. Noah without the H. It's weird. I'm Israeli. Don't think about it. Um, that's my Instagram. If you want to follow me on Spotify, I make a fun little playlist. It's N Godrich Seven. And then, um, lastly, 
go read a book, go read some poetry. If you want some good accessible poetry, we've been talking about that. Um, highly recommend uh, Life of the Party by Olivia Gatwood, amazing queer poet. Flux by Orion Carlotto, another amazing queer poet. And if you want to read with me, I just picked up Night Sky with Exit Wounds by Ocean Vuong, who's an amazing poet. So those are my recommendations. You were so cool, Noah. Like, I don't think I've ever told you this. You were so Thanks. cool. I'm so, so glad French brought us together. Yes, uh, And I love. feel very, very fortunate to know you and to also have been able to have this conversation with you because I yes. miss you very much. And it's been a very long time since we've gotten to very sit and much. talk. Yeah, this has been my dream. Oh, <laughs> just sitting and talking about Mitski for a Yeah. Um, with a good pal. Oh, oh. thank you. That's very uh. sweet. Uh, so that is the end of our show. And I want to thank you, Noah, for coming on and taking an hour out of your very, very busy midterm week. Uh, to thank you for speak having to me, me about this. Of course. Um, and I hope you have a really great rest of your night and you stay safe and happy and healthy and uh, get vaccinated soon if you can. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.